Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. So um, the way it's worked out, this is never something that we planned on, but I always end up talking first. And I think Adam is upset with me because I have done something the last two days and he, it's the only time in our relationship that he has not (laughs) responded. So I think I have done something and it might be something that any fantasy player should know and get some uh, tutelage on. So we'll talk about that. Mike Shove, Adam Krautwurst, Dan Hindery, from Football Guys coming on. He does a great monthly column which gives players uh, number values on everybody. Rookies, quarterbacks, running backs, receivers, tight ends, super flex options. There's a all kinds of stuff you can play with to make that work. We'll talk about some of the developments of the last month, post-NFL draft, and also uh, dynasty startups because they're everywhere nowadays. Right, Adam? Absolutely. Oh, Dynasty startups being everywhere. That is the deep end personified, defined right there. Let's go. So what comes between spouses or friends in any close relationship Often it's a puppy. Oh, that's right. It's a cute $5 puppy. <laughs> it's a $5. <laughs> it's a puppy that you bought at the elementary school bazaar for $5. Like it was a goldfish, but this year they were out of goldfish. They just sold puppies for $5 each. And friends, for the last two days, I have no, was it twice today? Maybe it was, I did two yesterday, two today at Underdog. I text my best friend here adam like oh here's my team i'm too proud not to share oh but this one and it brought to mind the the saying that people who don't play fantasy football often bring up to you which is nobody cares about your team so i thought i should find out whether adam cared about my team because he did not respond well hold on a minute Uh, now i'm looking back because i'm like where's he going with this and then i'm like oh crap he you said, uh, in my defense, the only time I will never answer my best friends when it, when it comes to sending me this stuff is when I'm in the middle of a meeting with the Draft Sharks crew. Because then I'm, oh. I'm locked in. I'm locked in. I was there. I couldn't. You know what I mean? I can't take my – if I'm with my kids, fine. I'll take time away from them to answer that. But when I'm in DraftSharks.com, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm locked in. So. Now, what would be good for me is if two or three times in each of those meetings, you stopped the meeting and said – Mike is asking me something. We're getting ready for tonight. That's that's true. I, I could absolutely do, do, do that. I mean, we, <laughs> we talked about you at length today, too. You know, so oh no, we totally. <laughs> I can't wait till tomorrow's conversation after tonight. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> By the way, Mike's not coming. Okay, move, moving, moving on. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. I so, did a couple of puppies. We don't have to talk about them. They're not dynasty, so I was going to make sure that we wouldn't. You, yeah. however. Continuing from our last episode, this $750 Rotoviz FFPC Dynasty startup, 
We yeah. saw you trade for Josh Allen or the number one pick last time. Whatever it takes. Whatever I love it, that move. I love that move, Adam. I mean, just whatever it takes. You tell me what it takes. If you would do it, lay it out. Don't be embarrassed. I won't uh, judge you. Go ahead. Yeah, well, whatever it takes. So we did. We traded up for for Josh Allen. And here, I think we're, I don't know how deep we were in, but we're in the 13th round, I think, right now, a week a week later. That's about, so it's been going on two weeks. And we're in the 13th round or so. And this is how the roster's looking so far, Max. So we don't have a first or second round pick next year. Uh, we have all of our remaining picks for the rest of this, this draft. Um, and this is how it looks. And I've got a couple, you know, so right now we're going basically hero, superhero RB with DeAndre Swift. Uh, we went crazy at receivers. So this is, again, to remind everyone, this is a Rotoviz Triflex. So this is, you can, you have to start three receivers. Uh, this is over at FFPC. You have to start three receivers. And then there's two flex and a super flex. So you can start up to six receivers. So we wanted to go heavy on, on, on receiver. Um, love, obviously love our, our, our receivers. Um, but I think the most interesting thing that we did, so we got Cousins fouled to us, and I'll, I'll, I, I could pull up the board here, but this is what the roster looks like. Without seeing the board, what are your thoughts on we don't have a first or second round pick next year? I like it because by nature, my first thought is, what if I don't cash? But if you yeah. do cash, you're in, you know, a great spot. You, you need to. But there is that sort of nervousness that I feel and that maybe a lot of people feel about their draft picks. You know, dynasty implies long term. I'm going to be in this league for 20 years. And thus, there is that instinct. Sorry, that's your uh, brand. Love but it. Love it. that instinct to not give up next year's picks and plus, you hear all the time about how great next year's class is. So there should be a plus EV, sorry for the jargon, but a plus EV element to selling those picks. Somebody will overpay for them because of those things. They want to start slow. They're 22, and they know next year is great. They, they watch our podcast and 50 others like it, where they just sort of understand that that's their intuition, is that you play for the long term. And so... You know, if you're going to go after it, though, go all the way after it. Right. I'm surprised you don't have Fred Jackson on this team with, uh, <laughs> with all the bills. Allen, well, Diggs, Davis, <laughs> and Knox. So far, we're only half done. Right. We're, we're only, this is a 26 rounder, I think, something like that. Um, but uh, yeah, so with that, once we traded our first and second round picks next year, I have a I have a co-owner who does a lot of the uh, college player scouting for me, so we're we're involved in this together. And once we knew that we did that like okay any players that we that we draft we really want to make sure that yes we're playing for this year but also like Kirk, Kirk Cousins for an example when it got you know he fell like two rounds past ADP and I'll show you the draft board in, in a minute every pick is like okay can this guy get us two years because we don't have a pick next year we can't replace our QB2 in next year's draft because we don't have a pick until the third round as of right now so will Kirk Cousins give us two years? I think, I think, I think he will. He's 33. You know, all these picks, you know, will this guy give it, give us two years? And so, you know, looking through, uh, are we just picked Damian Harris in the 13th round? That I'm not even sure he'll give us two weeks, but um, with all the other guys, that that's kind of what we were looking at. And I will, um, I'll pull up the board here. Where is it here? Under league board maybe. But so, yeah. And, and I think we got some pretty good, you know, some, some stuff kind of threw us for a loop a little, a little bit, especially the, the cousins thing. So again, it's hard to tell. Oh, you can't, you can't see it. Hold on one sec. 
Um, oh, I got to. I just, I'll, I'll, I'll say this while you're yeah, scrambling. There's so much power that sometimes doesn't get measured in starting fast. And you've got four or five guys in this league, if not more, who intend to be good this year. Their plan is at least it includes winning this year. At least one of them won't succeed. And in the middle right. of the season, if you have somebody young, what I would do with the rest of your draft, probably if your lineup's all set, is draft kids and do the same yeah. thing that maybe a long-term player, so to speak, is doing and be able to turn those players, if you don't like them for some reason, into current assets. There's so many running backs right now in Dynasty that are on the older side. There's a lot of value in that because people think or they think they know to avoid them. Right. So right. I feel like you could add Derrick Henry at the trade deadline. You could add Kamara or Cook at the trade deadline. Yes. And yeah. if, as long as you have enough, you don't have the picks anymore. So as long as you have enough youth to do that, you have half the draft left. Yeah, half the draft left. And I think we're probably – so we just took D- Damian Harris. And unfortunately, so I'll start here and I'll move back, I'll move backwards. Gets to us. We've got one – got run running back, and that's, and that's Swift. And it's like, okay, I would love – we tried to trade with Parcania, who just hates us. He won't – he either rejects our offers immediately or sends back the worst – Sorry, Parkini, if you're listening, the worst, like, he doesn't want to trade. Those trades are not, are, are, are unreasonable. So we offer. Wait, time out. He only hates you if he knows you. It's <laughs> or he hates everybody. He either hates everybody not... or he knows you or us and hates us. So he might hate us. He might, I mean, I had a personal exception for you. Okay. I, I have not been able to imprint on him at all. So I see. Um, so our plan was here, uh, you know, the plan was let's get, let's get the pick after ours. Let's go Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson because it's best ball also. So it's like, okay, we'll have one of them should be fine to go along. And then we'll just keep, again, we'll just keep pounding young running backs, hoping that one of them hits, or again, we can trade. Uh, it, it was either the conversation we had was, do we, do we, do we do this thing here for Damian Harris or Ramondre Stevenson? Or do we just take the best player available knowing that after the draft, we're going to make a trade for a running back. And I think we decided to now let's see if we can do this Damian Harris Stevenson thing, and it did it didn't work. We couldn't trade with Parcania, and Hookham immediately took Stevenson before we even got a chance to offer him a trade. So, mm. um, so that back he just had to have Ramondre Stevenson. He had to have. Now I will say, uh, Ramondre Stevenson goes in the thirteenth round according to Fantasy Mojo ADP. Damian Harris, we got him around after. I don't love Damian Harris. He's our RB two. Our quarterbacks are loaded. Our receivers are beyond loaded. So fine. We'll, we'll figure our B2 out. I'm not too worried about it. But working backwards, M- Malik Willis was not a target for us. We took him at 10-6. He was not a target for us. It gets to our pick, and we're talking about everybody but Malik Willis. And then I look at the ADP. Malik Willis' ADP was like 6-4. And I'm like, so now I'm like scouring. Like, Did he, is, he, is, he, is he dead? Like, what happened? And he's just sitting there four rounds after ADP. And I'm like, you know what? Let's take a shot on Malik Willis. Because in a dynasty super flex, any positive news, and you, you've you talked about this before, you want to just gobble up all the quarterbacks, any positive news, and we can flip him for a first-round pick next year. Or we might keep him. And, and, and I think for Malik Willis, I think he's in the perfect situation where they don't – can Malik Willis be Ryan Tannehill? Absolutely he can. So – 
let him sit for, for a year. Let him play action is, is the name of the game there in Tennessee. He can absolutely do that. He's more athletic. So uh, I really like that pick in, in, in the 10th round. What are your thoughts on, on Willis? Fine. It's exactly what I meant. Like if you succeed early, you get to, is this a win loss league? So say you're five yeah. and one or something and yeah. somebody that is maybe just as good roster wise or close is two and four then they're going to want to be done. They're putting $750 into this and they're going to want to make a a plan. So Malik Willis is, you know, you turn that into Zeke or something. If he's, if he's playable or whatever that is, maybe even recoup a pick that way. You'll know what to do. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, I I don't think Willis plays this year because Tennessee is probably good enough to at least contend and, you know, third round pick. So they're not going to rush him. They have no reason to do that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I just think you want to make sure you have – this could be through waivers, too. You want to make sure you have the potential – the most potential for assets rebuilding teams will like. And I think that that's sort of – you have to play a game of chess there to think like that because there are more than two lanes. One lane is I'm winning. Another lane is I'm rebuilding. But the winning team, if they have the luxury, should be able to – recoup and have enough young assets where they can turn that into more power uh, to their, their current season. Yeah. And that's kind of, so he's kind of a wild card for us. And the last guy I want to talk about uh, before Dan, Dan's actually here. Uh, we, we can go Good. to him after, but uh, Kirk Cousins at the seven one. So we went Josh Allen at the one Oh one traded up to get him super flex. Um, and so it gets to the seven one. Again, our plan, our plan was to kind of wait until like the ninth and or ninth ten to go for like a Daniel Jones, maybe get Jones and Goff to kind of pair him up with with Josh Allen. Hopefully, we get a couple years out of Jones or Goff to hold us over till twenty twenty four. That's again if we don't make a trade for picks in twenty twenty three, something like that. But then Cousins fell around or around and a half past ADP into our lap. And I really like him as QB 20 in dynasty. Like I said, can he get me two years? I think, I think, I think he can, you know, he's got, he's got the weapons there. They got a new old coordinator there. That's going to want to pass the ball more. Um, again, super flex. Like I like the idea of having him there at the seven one. I wasn't planning on it, but he kind of fell, fell into our lap there. Well, fine. Um, he's interesting because, at the beginning of the offseason, I would have bet a lot that he was not going to still be on Minnesota. Yeah. But he is, and he'll be 34 pretty soon, which is maybe a little bit older than most people would guess on Cousins. He's more of a win-now play. Yeah. But I like him. I mean, you say they might throw more. They probably won't throw less. Right. The defense was pretty terrible, though. And yeah. so if that's better, that can contradict the other point. But I'm fine with Cousins. You know, he's yeah. just – He's sort of a, a, a middle play that can tip, you know, you wouldn't want to draft Cousins on a flat rebuilding team. Right. No, no, no. And on, I think, on yours, he works. And that's why it's so interesting. Like these ADPs, like, you know, players drop past ADP, but like, like you said, if there's a bunch of teams that are that are planning for, for the future, they're just going to, Cousins isn't even on their radar. You know what I mean? And so I think that's another reason why I like building to win now is because I can I can take young guys that I that I think can not maybe super young that are super developmental, but I can take guys that I think are younger and can still hit, while also taking the win now guys. And I think when you when it's when you're only doing that play for the future, you're passing on on guys that can that can help you win now. So, um, 
so yeah, so this that's how the roster ends up looking. We got a lot of work to do at running back. We can do that through trade. We can do that maybe it's get, it's getting late, but we can do that through through the draft here with maybe some some handcuff backs. Um, guys that we were counting on, like Alexander Madison, went like three rounds earlier than I was hoping for, which kind of uh, we weren't expecting. But it's best ball here too. So we got the Cousins, Irv Smith stack going on. We got the got the Josh Allen. Stefan Diggs, Gabriel Davis, who we weren't really targeting, kind of fell to us, and Dawson Knox. So um, I like I like I like the stacks. I like where this is headed. We just got to get a little uh, running back luck. Please don't label me, everybody watching, all the millions of you that are in the chat right now. It's twelve players, and nine of Adam's players have the same two bye weeks, which because they're oh, all in Buffalo and Minnesota. So do not la- label me bye week guy. It is a dynasty startup. But he has no quarterback or tight end as we speak for uh, week seven. I found your draft room name. Bye week guy. I'm draft guy. You're bye week guy. Bye week guy. Well, you <laughs> could spell week a couple of ways. You could spell bye a couple bye of ways. Bye a couple of ways. There Maybe we can make that work. Let's bring in our guest. He's waiting patiently. Do it. Backstage. DanHendryFootballGuys.com. Dan, we've never seen each other, I think. I've, I've talked to you one time on WGR. And I just want to start by saying, I hope you know this. Maybe I flatter myself to think that you would, but your monthly football guys column is really like I told Adam, when the, we get to the end of the month, one of the first things I think about it when it comes to the fact that there's a new month coming up is Dan's going to have a new dynasty value chart for me to look at. So uh, I'm a fan. Thanks. Mike. Thanks for having me on Adam. Nice to meet you for the first time. Nice to meet you too. Been a, been a fun month. We, uh, have a lot of fun dynasty stuff coming up at football guys. <clears throat> I don't know how much I'm supposed to say, but we're actually going to um, be incorporating some of the dynasty trade value stuff into the other apps. So you'll be able to import your league and it'll automatically have your settings and roster and everything. And then we'll have projections for future years and everything else too. So that's, that's what I've been working on the past month. And it's been, it's been really fun. Kind of made me, look at some of these dynasty values kind of check some assumptions along the way when you're starting to project out multiple years and start thinking about how many years does this guy have left? So it's been a really fun process the last month. So is that with Simon? Yep. Yep. Working with Simon. So um, I'm I'm doing the inputs and he's doing all the coding. So So we're talking about the league dominator and the draft dominator and having your work be able to be sort of accessed and used through those. Yeah, exactly. And it's going to be maybe a little bit different calculation. So like I said, we are projecting out future years and kind of doing a multiple projections with a different percentage chance of each one hitting and then calculating um, value-based drafting on that. And then also kind of, um, you know, projecting out a number of years with a certain discount factor too. So I think it's going to be really cool. Um, Really excited to see when, when we get that out. Well, I've awesome. kind of introduced you to Adam today. I said, when I want to talk to Dan Hendry and then sort of talk to Adam about you a little bit. And Adam, I don't know if you have like a first question from some of our conversation. You do. Good. I do. I have a, absolutely a first question. Um, so, Dan, I'm, I'm a, I love Dynasty, but I'm not a high volume d- Dynasty guy. So whenever I always find this so fascinating because I play high volume, high stakes. I love getting Dynasty guys in here. And the first question I always want to ask him is, how many? I don't want to get too personal. I don't want to ask your weight. Ask Our your first thing. How many <laughs> dynasty leagues are you in? 
So I was actually just just checked recently. Um, I'm in, I think, 38. Oh, I love and, it. And uh, about a third of them are best ball. So I am kind of having to set a lot of lineups during the year, which is the only kind of part about it I don't love. But I've been doing it for about 12 years, and I end up adding two or three each offseason, you know, a couple along the way have folded. So um, usually do two or three startups each year. I just got my first one in last month. Nice. Do you ever – let last for first question, and I'm gonna let Mike take no, over. You're good. <laughs> do you ever and and don't don't be ashamed, okay? Do you ever just kick a team back and say, you know what, this team is irreparable? I'm not because I'm totally not the guy that. And again, I don't play a ton of dynasty, but I'm not the guy that like likes to take on this a challenge of rebuilding a broken dynasty. No thanks. I'm in like I'm in 50 leagues that I can try to win with, uh, and you almost look at it as like a portfolio. Like if if the stock is dead. Just get rid of it, you know. Um, do you do you do that, or do you like rebuilding kind of b- broken teams? So I guess two things. Number one, I I don't generally quit leagues. I maybe quit two total in the last twelve years, and that wasn't even roster based. It was just more like, you know, the people would kind of show up for the draft, and then you wouldn't see anybody for you know just yeah, really yeah. dead leagues. Yeah. But uh, unlike some people, I'm not big on picking up rebuilds. You know, I, I like to just draft my own team in the startup. Which, you know, I do appreciate those people. It's like a necessary thing to have people taking over the orphans. Yeah. But that's just never been my thing. I've had to do it. I, I picked up an orphan in the Football Guys Staff League. Uh, but other than that, I'm not really a, a guy who picks up many orphans. Yeah, if the crowd is what you want, then you take it. If you want to be in the group and you weren't in the group <laughs> before, then you yeah. take it. And there's no tax write-off for these terrible teams that you want to dump you know you want to dump the the bad stocks but you can get a little bit of a bump in the in the taxes we don't have that in uh in fantasy football i say if i may uh chime in if i want to bail but i know it's going to be awkward socially i'll take the slightest social factor to do it like just (laughs) oh well and then i'll be very secretive about it dan like i I really don't want to talk about it but I'm, i'm gonna have to move on People use the I'm in too many leagues excuse. I can't get away with that if I'm going to keep adding podcasts and more leagues. Like I can't actually <laughs> pretend that it's too many leagues. But I will, you know, make a slight into a big deal, you know, at least privately, and then there's my exit door. Yeah, yeah. Blame the commission. It's always a good good out. <laughs> Blame the commission in your own mind, but you know, not face, not confrontationally, right, uh, right. perhaps. So. To your update, the June article at footballguys.com on dynasty values, it seemed maybe as a regular reader of yours, you made sort of a somewhat of a philosophical or a fundamental change here in the month going into June with quarterback. And, and maybe you said, you know what, we've got to bump all these guys up. You have this elite group of young quarterbacks who are so important in fantasy football. Is that kind of what happened? Yeah, and that, that's been kind of the part of the process of doing these projections out <clears throat> in the future years. Because, you know, I start looking at it and it's like, you know, you start projecting out into next year and, you know, Brady's gone and some of these others. And there's just a, such a big gap between these top guys and replacement level. And then the top quarterbacks are so young that you can't be like, oh, this is going to end in three years. You know, it's, you start projecting out year after year. And even when you start kind of, you know, I'm going to put a bigger discount factor to favor current values. No matter how I did it, the the quarterbacks were just surprisingly high. 
So it kind of made me, you know, want to dig into it a little bit, talk to Adam Harstad about it to kind of get his, his take. And he was, his take was basically, I guess a couple of things. Number one, he agrees that, you know, I was probably a little bit too low on quarterbacks. There are a couple of things that make it a little bit more complicated. One of the things he pointed out is that the, these really big seasons have been, you, you think they're going to keep going on, but a lot of times these quarterbacks will have the one really standout year when they're really young, like we saw with Lamar Jackson. Mahomes had the huge year. And then they don't repeat it. They kind of come back to the pack. So that did kind of make me question it a little bit, you know, you know, you start projecting out Josh Allen or somebody like that. There's no reason to expect his numbers to come down. But then again, you could have said the same thing about Aaron Rodgers in his prime too. And he, he had some really big down years in his early thirties. So um, I don't feel great necessarily about project projecting players to just sustain elite performance at the position year after year. But even if they come back to the pack a little bit, some of these young guys who are putting up big passing numbers and big rushing numbers, there's really no reason to think that they're not going to keep giving you a big edge every week, week after week. Um, And I guess part of the other thing too, one of the things that made me kind of come back to this a little bit was this idea of the 2021 and 2022 rookie classes. You know, we had a few years there. It just felt like we're getting a couple new superstar quarterbacks every single draft. And it's like, all right, 2021 is going to be another one of those. You know, you have Fields and Lawrence, and these guys are going to be right there with Josh Allen and Holmes and, you know, at least a couple of them. And then all of them pretty much disappointed. And then you have the 2022 draft class, which is just completely barren, where, like, I don't feel like there's a great chance any of those guys are going to be quarterback one. So when you start thinking about in terms of, like, replacement value, what's the 12th best starter going to look like? that numbers kind of started creeping down a little bit as these, you know, veterans start to retire and there's not necessarily from the last couple of draft classes, those incoming stars where you'd be like, okay, you know, everyone's going to have a young star. That's not really the case. You know, if you feel like, you know, maybe you might've been banking on Trey Lance or somebody like that. And, you know, I don't know how good you feel about that now if you're counting on him. So, uh, you know, that's, that's, that kind of played into it in terms of like, I think the, what I view as like a replacement level, which is what I compare everyone else against, started coming down a little bit, especially when you start projecting out to future years. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, I I get all of that. I love I love what 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 you mean there, and that's why. And kind of to to transition that to the actual drafting is, you know, in in, in redraft, I'm totally weight on a quarterback guy. I've I've kind of been raised the, the, that way. But in Dynasty Superflex, obviously Superflex quarterbacks are are the thing. But even in non-Superflex, I love the idea of having one of those locked-in young stud quarterbacks. Now you don't have to, especially in single quarterback leagues, you don't have to touch. If you've got one of these top five, six guys, you don't have to touch that position. Think about it for years and years and years. And like you said, it's so much hard with the replacement level of what. when are we going to get a good quarterback that's going to come out. Again, you just don't know. It takes a couple of years to develop. Uh, I, I I completely agree with you. Yeah, and another thing too that you've kind of noticed is like, it feels like in recent years the wide receiver prime years have gotten a little bit shorter. We've just seen so many guys hit like twenty nine, thirty, and they're just done. Um, and right. that hasn't been the case at all with quarterbacks. So, again, when you start projecting out multiple years, you just feel so much more comfortable saying, you know, Josh Allen's going to be great when he's thirty. 
But, you know, do I feel the same about, you know, T. Higgins or somebody like that? The Olympics will be on the moon before some of these guys are uh, starting to enter <laughs> yeah. their regression regression phase. It's uh, a great feeling if you have them. It's as you as you write in your article, it does move around. You know, the running back point of in time we're at right now where you have half a dozen or so first round running backs in fantasy football almost aging out, but they're not yet because their teams have paid them. So it's like the next wave of running backs are probably coming in and maybe next year will be a year to want to invest heavily there. Um, it's so interesting how, how it changes, but um, that's important, yeah, you know? Yeah. We're in kind of this real in between where we had those, those loaded draft classes, like the, the one with Kamara and McCaffrey and Mixon right. and all those guys. And the year before that it was, or I guess Fournette was in that class too. Yes. Um, and you have all these guys, they're kind of at that age where they're 26, 27. And you don't, you don't know what to do with them because like Le'Veon Bell and some of these other guys just turned into a pumpkin at, like a year later. So, you know, you don't know if these guys are almost done or maybe they stretch it out to three or four more years. And, and it's really tough because, you know, if you start projecting those guys for two years, then, you know, you don't want to draft them real high. But if, if they stretch it out into three or four, just with the, you know, the scarcity at the position, they're, they're still super valuable. So kind of making those determinations on a player by player basis in terms of how confident am I in this guy for 2024 it, is it's tough. And I don't know if there's any for sure answers on how these guys are going to play out over the next few years. Yeah. And to kind of that point, I know Mike has spoken on this podcast a couple of times about how, you know, and I don't want to maybe I'm blown out of proportion, but he's not a, uh, he's not a big super flex guy because he feels like, you know, the it's just, it's always quarterbacks up at the top and it's not, it's kind of boring, which I, I, I totally understand, but <laughs> there's something about taking, starting a dynasty draft or even a super flex draft with like, you know what, there's a strategy out there where I can build around like quarterbacks last longer. They're kind of more predictable to be in the top 10. They don't get hurt as much. You know, even with the FFPC with tight end premium is like, you know, Kelsey's been doing it forever. You know, Kittle's been around for a while. Generally, even tight ends kind of last a little bit longer, I feel like, than running backs. I like any strategy that doesn't force me to take a guy that I can't project out for two stinking years. Like, because it's just because you're right. You can't with the injuries and the, you know, I get the scarcity. Like, you get a, a top running back and they're good and they're really, they're really important. But it's, if it's so hard to get those guys, like, let me just start a team with back-to-back quarterbacks, and then that's a viable, solid strategy. And then I and then I don't got to worry about the projecting running backs for for two, three years. Yeah, I completely agree. I think in superflex, especially this year, there's such you know I'd take probably six or seven quarterbacks, you know, the top seven picks probably, um, and before I get to you know Chase and Jefferson and Taylor. I think where it starts to get iffy is when you get close to that one, two turn. So like I, in the last draft I did, I pulled the one twelve, and it's just like, man, do I want to trust Deshaun Watson here? You know, and I, hmm. but if I don't go quarterback, you know, then it's, am I going Javante Williams or one of these guys? Because the, the few really young stud position players are gone too. So I ended up trading up to get my guy, Joe Burrow and paid a lot to do it, but it just felt like I want to start my team with this quarterback who I'm going to have for 10 years. Yeah. And you know, you can't say that about if you sit there and take, you know, Tyree kills 28 or something, you know, like if you don't go that route, 
you know, it's, it's really hard if you're not drafting a quarterback. And I didn't really want to deal with the Deshaun Watson stuff. So he ended up going 112 with the pick I traded away. And I was okay paying a little bit of a premium to not have to deal with that and get up, get up to Burrow. Adam, I'm thinking of Scott Connor, also in Ohio, by the way, who there you go. came on our show and he said, you do whatever it takes to get two of those quarterbacks in a super flex startup and just like, you know, blank check kind of thing for, uh, for those guys. Um, Dan, so we don't keep you too long. Uh, you did rank, and you, as you have been, the rookies out of the NFL draft back in April. And how challenging has that been? I mean, Brees Hall seemed pretty cut and dried by maybe March. But after that, Kenneth Walker and between five and six or seven receivers, it's all seemed pretty close. Your numbers reflect that. But have you at the same time thought like this guy, how do you put London and Burks ahead of other guys or just what has gone into your your process when you have come to rank them? Yeah, this one's kind of tough. So what I generally do, I guess my personal rankings are a little bit different from what I put as the values because I try to try to kind of do market rate combined with a little bit of what I think too kind of slips in there. Um, but I'm not a Traylon Burks guy. I'm not really a Kenneth Walker guy in um, PPR. So I guess I've been ended up with Olave a lot, even though I just have him fifth. You know, he's he ends up being there at five, at six, at seven, at eight a lot. So I've been getting a lot of Olave. I think the the hardest part of the kind of drafts for me is once you get past seven, and then it's like you know Jahan Dotson and Sky Moore, um, you know James Cook, some of those guys, and George Pickens even. So like that kind of that cluster of guys is probably where I kind of have the hardest time. I know um, I'm an Ohio State guy too, so <clears throat> I have been kind of influenced with just what I saw from those guys in terms of Jamison Williams, Olave and Garrett Wilson. So I've been kind of having a hard time getting on the train with a lot of people who have Jamison Williams ahead of those guys. When I watched them on the same team for two years and like Williams barely played when those guys were there, you know, like he came in the same class as Garrett Wilson and Garrett Wilson was just better right away. And um, so I feel like he's maybe getting a little bit of an Alabama bump where they were just so, you know, just uncharacteristically weak at wide receiver. So they just fed him a bunch. And I think maybe he's gotten overhyped just a little. I mean, I still like him as, you know, probably I like him a little bit better than Burks. But I do have the the two Ohio State guys who played ahead of him, ahead of him in my personal rankings, too. He spurned your team. You're not uh, hiding from that. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, I like him. I, it was a great choice for him. He was just, you know, he's the wide receiver four on the team behind, you know, Jackson Smith and Jigba's coming next year. And, you know, and Jigba came in as a true freshman and beat out um, Jameson Williams. So it's like, I don't know if I want to, you know, I'm trusting my eyes just because I watch, you know, I watch every Ohio State game. So I saw, I've seen a bunch of them and I, I've always actually liked it, James Williams. And I think it's great when guys transfer and, you know, get a better, you know, get into a better spot to showcase what they can do. Like Joe Burrow did the same thing and I never held that against him. So like, I don't okay. definitely don't hold it against James Williams. It's more just like, I know he wasn't better, you know, in 2020 than those guys because he was, wasn't playing ahead of them. Did he in 2021 make a big leap that those guys didn't? Or was he just kind of in a spot where he was the guy and Ohio State had three guys who are all going to be top 12 picks 
and they're kind of splitting it up a little bit and maybe not shining as much in terms of individual stats as he did. Dan, I'm going I'm to put you on the, on, on the clock here. Are you, are you ready for this? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Jamison Williams or – so this is a ro- super flex rookie draft. Jamison Williams or Sky Moore in a third-round pick? I'm probably taking Williams there. Oh. You know, I just yeah. – I'm not quite with Sky Moore. I mean – yeah. <laughs> I mean, even just like a couple of days ago, you hear Mahomes talking about how much he's going to be spreading the ball around. And, you know, I just, I, I don't try, I don't want to necessarily chase just the Kansas City thing. And I've always been a pretty big draft capital guy, too. And one guy went 12th and the other, yeah, it's 12th. And I think Skymore went 44th. Yep. That's a big enough gap for me that a third rounder is not going to make up for it. I'm, I'm just laughing because that's, that, that's a trade Mike and I made in, a, in his, uh, it is that well. I, I I had the seven overall. He had the nine. Jameson Williams was there at seven. I got Algier. You got Algier. Algier. So there it is. So it's Algier and Sky Moore, is in, in a in a in a super flex for. You know what uh, I'm guilty of? Like I, I sense there was a little bit of a palpitation in the room about Jameson Williams, <laughs> and so I don't know if this is true of you guys, but when you're the commissioner of the league and you're hosting, whether it's at my house or on this occasion at a golf course. Like, I'm just more interested and worried, I guess, about the group and the event than I am my team. I really don't want to win a league like that, at least very often, because then I feel like I'm, this is probably old for you guys, but Mr. Mom, where Martin Ball hosts this little Olympic event at his house and he has to make sure to win it and Michael Keaton trips. Like, I don't (laughs) want to work like that. I'd rather have the friendships. So I'm not... I'm not going to sabotage my own teams, but I'm happy to make deals and make other people happy. Well, it sounds like you ruined a friendship with that trade, Dan, is what it sounds like. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Ours. Yeah. Well, <laughs> That's good, right. good thing we have a contract, so there's nothing uh, you can do about it. <laughs> all right, Dan, what a pleasure it is to connect with you. Good job on all these articles. Really enjoy them. And um, good luck. Continued success at football, guys. Yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thanks right. so much, Dan. Dan Hindery. Awesome. Great spot. I love those uh, articles he writes. So, all right. So are we okay or do we have to talk some more about uh, where we're at? Uh, no. You know, I th- personally, I personally. Oh, no, no. Listen, we, if we, we'll survive. I think, I think, I think we'll make it. I think we'll absolutely make it. Um, one of the things I feel contractually obligated to show just because I do um, is uh, draft sharks also it, offers. It's not going to be my high school yearbook. No, 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 no. We'll get there though. Um, draft sharks also has the same type of thing that football guys is doing with the dynasty rankings. They've mm-hmm. got the one year, the three year, the five year, the 10 year projected. It's all based on like an algorithm that they put in for percentages for based on, you know, when guys, when the certain positions peak and all that type of stuff. So it's really cool. Uh, Dan, Dan made some great points. Um, and just, and just to kind of even go in here and look at these quarterback rankings, it's like, I know draft sharks a little higher on Trevor Lawrence than, than others, but if you can lock into one of these there, he traded for Burrow there. If you can lock into one of these top six quarterbacks or, or two of those top six, um, I, years, I think you're sitting pretty for years and years to come. So I think, that dynasty's cool. Superflex is cool in that way that it, it, it values the quarterback. I feel like a little, a little bit more. Well, I'll add to that. So, what I prefer about Draft Sharks and this basically, we're trying to do apples to apples here, right? And so, there is like the upside. You can 
shift toward upside and do different things with what your goals are, the one year, three year, five year point. Yeah. You can do a little bit more of that here. Yeah. And I love the logos too. I mean, the logos add a lot for me. I mean, I was little mini helmet guy, you know, and, uh, <laughs> just always with the logos. So that just gives, I think subconsciously is an advantage. And so I like uh, this site for, and you know, Jared's analysis and Matt's as well. I like how this sort of looks. The football guys rankings are much more data driven and you want to be careful. And I'm certainly not meaning to put them down because they were where I started in terms yeah. of fantasy, but it's, it's more data driven. You want to make sure everything's up to date. Like you could see a dynasty rankings page where some guys haven't updated in maybe more than a month. Yeah. And so, you know, Dan is why I, I reached out to him is he's a regular thing every month. And yeah. his, his uh, values app based thing is uh, updated constantly. So, yeah. And I, and I think that that's great that, that, that they're doing that. And and this is the first year of the draft starts doing it too. And I think it's good that sites like this are, 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 are figuring out better ways to do it. And I think that's awesome. And I'll, and I'll say that, that in the past, Draft Sharks Dynasty hasn't been um, the best in the world. It's, it's. I'll say now, it's fan, it's fantastic, and, and and they've worked very hard on it. We've worked very hard on well, it. Well, and you can run your drafts like so. So many people. I mean, thousands, if not tens or hundreds of thousands of drafts are happening March, April, May. Yeah, and you can use the Draft Shark software to guide you through your draft, the football guys, like that was the first, again, the first one that I sort of found and got into, but they're not often ready uh, by now. So I'm not sure where that stands this year, uh, but draft sharks is up like linked to underdog underdog is, you know, running the Everything room. Right now. Yeah. Right now. Right. And with draft yeah. shark, you can link up to your team and underdog and sort of have them by your side, so to speak in drafts. Speaking of draft sharks and, and, and football guys, we should have Lenny Papano and Joe Bryant on the podcast and let the, the I mean, they're the OGs. They've been doing it since the, they're the longest standing since the late, late nineties. They were the first in and they're still doing it strong and they're still both going great. Congrats to Joe Bryant. He just got to yes. into the fantasy football hall of fame. Uh, yes. Good for him. I met, I met Joe in Canton last year for the first yeah, I've time. I've met Joe a couple of times. Yep. Great guy. Great guy. So, um, yeah, that's cool. That, that and and to kind of circle back, one of the reasons why we wanted to do this podcast is because we want to share the information, regardless of site, with what helps us be successful. We want to have guys on who are successful tell us why they're successful, and that might lead us to any website or any article or any writer or any podcast. So, um, again, you don't want too much information from two different spots because then it's kind of going to water it down. You want to find a couple of things that you trust. Lock into that and go go draft. And Adam has had a ton of success in high stakes, and I've just sort of gotten gotten started in the last couple of years. But in Dynasty, I mean, Dynasty is such a booming, yeah, category of uh, yeah. of fantasy football. And in terms of the season, I mean, it's rookie draft season. A lot of them are over, but many of them have yet to happen. In fact, uh, one very prominent. And I would say uh, decorated draft is the League of Shopes and Dreams. And that, that rookie draft is on uh, Saturday of next week. And we're very excited. Is it at a golf course? Where, where is it? It is, but there's no golf tied oh. in. A friend of mine owns a, a 
a section of this golf course. It's like a state park too, but it's uh, <laughs> like a, a covered patio with a restaurant and a bar. And nice. we do the thing the Masters does. This is a ripoff from the Masters where the winner of the league picks the venue. Okay. And the menu. And the, the menu. menu. The venue, menu, the menu slash venue. That's right. So go. last year's winner, Jerry Janiga, said, you know what? The last couple winners have been like this. I just want beer and, uh, you know, maybe some, some sunshine. Yep. So Don't if I can all. do that close to home, we will. Perfect. Love okay. It. Weekend go plans? Celtics. Go Celtics, right? Come on. I bet the Celtics, but I'm sort of a bandwagon Warriors fan. Well, I bet the Celtics today based on – oh, this is going to be such a great – this is so not oh. fancy football, but – Draft Sharks. You saw it on Analytics. I mean, this yes. is straight analytics, right? I listened to your to your WGR today, yes. 550, listened to you guys. Uh, had Joe – Joe Ostrowski. Joe Ostrowski, and he's talking about every analyst, every basketball guy is on the Warriors. And then you've got ESPN telling me there's an 86% chance the Celtics are going to win – I'm in because you know me. I'm a big analytics guy. Yes, so you I'm are. Just, yes, yes. I put my money because I'm, I'm a big Celtics fan. So if if the if the math's telling me Celtics, I'm in. Five thirty-eight. Loves the Celtics. Five thirty-eight. What is that? Five thirty-eight dot com. Oh, five thirty-eight dot com. Yes, yes. What? Loves Celtics. the Celtics. Yep. So I'm on the Celtics too because I. Who cares? I mean, if it was the Grand Island Vikings, I'd have to bet against them. It's five thirty-eight, <laughs> and you know, bet QL. Favorite the other favorite North Tonawanda. Um, you want me to reach out to Joe to have him on here? Like I, I, I would. here between, between us, I don't think he plays fantasy football. Like we've talked about it. I've been on his show a couple times, uh, but I think he would. I want to have him on just to talk about over unders with teams and 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 to figure out like who the good teams are, who, who Vegas says the good teams are, the bad teams, the scoring, right. the, the prop bets for the players to figure out who Vegas thinks is going to do. Cause Vegas knows everything. Like no one knows more than Vegas. So if Vegas has certain guys higher than maybe we think that's something to think about. So maybe Tuesday. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll be here Tuesday. So if Joe, Let, Joe's good to go, I'm in less better suited for uh dynasty than for high stakes. You know, here's right. how we can make some money. Are all the prop bets out for NFL, like yardages he, and touchdowns? You only heard part of his segment then today because he wanted to know what we thought of Gabriel Davis at 125 to 1 to lead the league in, in receiving yards. Okay, I did hear a little bit of that. I I like him more, not that it matters, I like him more for any type of touchdown bet than yardage bet. I think he's more of a touchdown guy. But um, That's but, what Joe kept saying. Oh, did he? Okay. I mean, listen, you want to put 10 bucks on Gabe to – uh, to 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 lead the league, I'm more of an. I know this is not this is not alpha, but yes, yes. Uh, I'm I'm a bet the unders guy. I want a sprained ankle to make to make make me money. So uh, I like to bet unders with with especially with season long props. But if if Diggs goes down, God forbid, please don't go down. Uh, Gabe Davis could 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 smash. So yeah, unders are a winning uh, philosophy. I think. Well, that's, that's right. We can ask Joe about that too. I'll ask him. Ask him. I would love that. All right. Thanks, Adam. Thanks to Dan. Thanks everybody for watching at Deep End FF1 at Shoke Talk at Adam underscore Krautwurst. They're both 10 letters underscore and Krautwurst. Have a good weekend, Adam. We'll see you next week. Maybe with Joe.
Absolutely. See you guys.